you can regain your health no matter what for desire backed by faith knows no such word as impossible hi this is your host arjun i'm a functional medicine practitioner and i'm here to motivate uplift and empower you along with sharing proven and practical solutions that will help you regenerate your health so that you can step up to a whole new level of more joy peace success and align with your higher vision hello everyone welcome back to the show hope you all are enjoying this amazing festive season with all the lights decorations these beautiful decorated christmas trees and christmas markets now we can say it's beginning to look a lot like christmas so here in spain we have a puente which means a long weekend and everyone is so cheerful happiness is in the air it's a good reminder to all of us that in spite of all the craziness that has been going on we should not let go of an opportunity to be happy and we should stay positive no matter what so as the topic suggests today in today's episode we'll be talking about a world within us which not only affects our wellness but it also affects our behavior our thinking perhaps more than what we can ever imagine so let's get started do you know that we are like walking talking donuts the reason why i say that is because there is a hollow passageway that runs right from our mouth to the anus and this passageway which is about 25 to 30 feet in length it's called the gastrointestinal tract or as we have known it the digestive system and and this passageway also acts as an exchange corridor between our body our system and the outside world and it's well guarded by our immune system and by this world that lives inside us which we will be talking about today consists of thousands of different species bacteria yeast fungi parasites archaea all competing for space and food and nutrients and there are tens and trillions of them almost equivalent to the amount of human cells that we have in our body and let me get to the surprising part they have genes just like we do in fact they have hundreds of times more dna than we do and here comes the crazy part they readily exchange genes not just with each other but also with us in reality their genes are regulating our behavior and they present hundreds of times more genes in regulating our functioning than we do along with that their metabolites also affect our body and it's a part of how the microbiome thrives and enables us to be in a state of wellness as well so just a reminder again their dna also plays an important role in the functioning of our systemic physiology and biochemistry so it's important to take care of them as well so what else do they do for us they make vitamins enzymes neurotransmitters 
and all these kind of things. Example, they make vitamin B12, vitamin K2, they produce short-chain fatty acids which nourish our large intestines, the colonocytes. They also play a role in metabolic regulation and do so much more in the human body. So as I mentioned earlier, there are also things like fungus, candida albicans, H. pylori, which are known to be the bad bacteria. They also exist in our commensal microbiome. And when I say commensal, it's the, the microbes that we have since ages. But they are being there is also important. Just like in the real world, we have criminals, mafias, the good guys, the bad guys. The same way in our microbiome, we have the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. But even the bad bacteria are needed to maintain a balance. They are being there is not a problem. The problem actually occurs when they overgrow. And just like in the real world, we have different climates, different regions. The same way in our gut, we have different pH levels. We have different oxygen levels. We have different mucus thickness. So based on all these factors, there are different species living in different areas of our GI tract. These microbes also need to be fed. So basically they survive via residue from our diet. For example, fiber, sugar, starches, amino acids, gases, fats, bile. And coming back to the short chain fatty acids that they produce, they basically produce it by fermenting resistant starch or non-starch polysaccharides like fiber, like cellulose, pectin, gums, in, inulin, etc. So what do these short-chain fatty acids do for us? So as I previously mentioned, that they fuel the colonocytes, which basically protects them from oxidative damage because of all the toxicity that's usually there in the colon. Since all the toxins, when they are reabsorbed in the small intestines for excretion, they eventually end up going in the colon because the colon is a sort of a sewer of the human body. And it's through this sewer that eventually our waste products and toxins leave our body. So basically a colon is a space that needs to be protected. So this is one example that I gave you in depth as to why the microbes, these microbes, play such an important role in our well-being. These microbes also affect the rest of our body and our behavior. And if you're wondering how that happens, then let me tell you about the vagus nerve. Vagus is a word derived from the word vagrant, which means wandering far. There are sensory accents that begin in places like the skin of our ear, our taste buds, our throat, our heart, major blood vessels, lungs, liver, gallbladder, stomach and intestines. And all these go and connect to the gut. And the interesting part is that 90% of th this nerve is afferent and only 10% is efferent. What that means is that 90% of the signals are going from the gut to these rest of the places which I mentioned. And only 10% of the signals 
are being received by the gut. So imagine whatever we eat, whatever is coming inside our gut, our GI tract, that information is being received by these species, by the microbiome. And based on that, they are sending a response to the rest of our body. So this network is also known as the enteric nervous system. And another piece of information that you might find really surprising is that the enteric nervous system is actually our first brain. Since it comprises more than a hundred million neurons, the enteric nervous system is also responsible for making more than 90% of the body's serotonin, which has an impact on the central nervous system serotonin as well. <clears throat> and if you're wondering what does serotonin do, it's actually responsible for sound sleep, pain regulation, and a balanced mood. And it also makes 50% of the body's dopamine. Now, dopamine affects our ability to focus. It controls our muscles. It's involved in learning new habits to have a good memory. All of this, in short, is actually influenced by the health of our gut. And any issue in the gut, like dysbiosis or presence of endotoxins, lipopolysaccharides and other gut-generated inflammation can all contribute to neurological issues such as anxiety and depression. And the gut also has a major role to play when we speak of immunity. A good, balanced, diverse microbiome helps to keep our immune system primed. So basically, it's not overreacting or underreacting. And what happens when our immune system overreacts? We face things like allergy, asthma, arthritis, and other autoimmune illnesses. And what happens if the immune system is underreactive? or non-responsive, we get things such as cancers. We can just sum it up and say that over two-thirds of our immune system actually lies in the gut. And now shifting our focus to the intestines. As you know, the small intestines is where all the nutrition from our food is absorbed and to some extent in the large intestines. So for this to happen, the lining of the small intestines, or we can also call it as the epithelial lining, it's semi-permeable. That means there are some gaps which allows the nutrition to be absorbed by our systemic body. And problem occurs when these gaps start widening. And why does this happen? Because of factors related to stress and toxins. And when this happens, a lot of our undigested food, perhaps toxins, and a lot of other things seep out and go into our bloodstream, reach our bloodstream. We get inflammation. That's where our immune system gets overwhelmed. So I have just given you an overview or just like basics of what the gut is, what this wall inside the gut is, how it operates, what it does for us. And there is so much more. So I hope that you now understand that why that disease most likely begins in the gut. So now that we know and understand the, the importance of the gut and our microbiome, what are the things that we can do to take care of it? Apart from having whole natural foods, like I always say, there are additional things that we can do. First thing, please don't keep munching on foods all the time. Give your GI tract some rest. It's always good to have times of fasting. That does not necessarily mean that you have to go without eating food 24 hours, 36 hours. Though doing that once in a while is good, but that again is altogether a different topic. 
So what I mean to say is, for example, let's say you finish having your dinner at around 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. And then the next morning you wake up, you can have your breakfast perhaps two hours after waking up. So that'll kind of give you ample of time. As a general rule, it's always a good idea to have these fasting periods between, let's say, your breakfast and lunch, between your lunch and dinner. Secondly, bone broth. It's very nutritious. It's really good for the gut. Point number three, have fermented foods. Again, this is a general rule of thumb. For some of y'all, that really might not work out well, but then that's because of some other underlying factors. Things like kimchi, or probably you can have, you can really enjoy drinks like kombucha, pickles, sauerkraut, yogurt, etc. Point number four, and very importantly, change your oils. Please don't have seed oils and other vegetable oils. Firstly, they are not even derived from vegetables. So have uh, cooked with all oils like coconut oil, which I also personally use, or tallow, lard, derived from grass-fed sources. For light sautéing, you can use olive oil. You can also use avocado oil, but I generally find the taste too strong. And at times, it's really difficult to get pure avocado oil. You can also use clarified butter. If you're also, once again, sautéing, you can use butter, grass-fed butter. Believe me or not, the oils that you use really can make or break your health. Point number five, if you don't have enough veggies and fruits, I'd encourage you to start, you can start slowly and gradually and steadily increase your intake. Try and increase your exposure to nature, to rural environments, exposure to pets. Try growing your own foods, your own fruits and vegetables if possible. Point number six, and most importantly, don't stress out. Believe me, things like even ill feelings and things like violence, distress, trauma can really affect the gut as well. Like I said, the gut and the brain are connected. And as a reminder, when you are eating in a stressed state, that's really going to affect your digestion. It's in fact going to break your digestion. That'll result in a lot of perhaps undigested food, which might give rise to gut dysbiosis, basically bacterial overgrowth, so perhaps overeating. Point number seven, where possible, Limit your antibiotics and antifungals. But what I'm saying is don't just pop in a fill for every small little thing like headaches or stomach aches. But do follow your doctor's advice. So I guess that's it for today. Like I said, this was just a basic overview to give you an understanding of what actually is the gut and what is the microbiome and, and how it has such an important role to play in our lives, in our wellness, in our behavior. So with that, take care. Be healthy. I'll see you at the next episode. If you need further help and support, feel free to join our community on Facebook or Reddit. For a more personalized support, you can start by scheduling a free call with me. If you find what I do helpful, you can also support the show by becoming a patron. All links can be found below in the show notes. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy.